Tell me why did you walk away When I saw you this morning, baby Tell me why did you walk away Can't believe that you don't want me I thought our love was here to stay Buzz me, buzz me, buzz me, baby I'll be waiting for your call Buzz me, buzz me, buzz me, baby I'll be waiting for Hey everybody, it's another episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. Cinema Geekly's all-encompassing Marvel podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis, and Aaron has disappeared for the intro of the show. <laughs> Shit, I had I was double muted. No, 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 let it roll, man. It's fine. No, I gotta, I gotta start it Hello, again. everybody. <laughs> uh, you know what? No, I'm not gonna start it all over again. That's that's too that's too good. That's too good. <laughs> Aaron was double, double muted. Double mute, man. Fucking double mute. Next time that next time that happens, I'll try to do an impression of you, and just say I and and I'm Aaron DeLosa, and we'll. See you just have to works. praise Marvel and say fuck a lot, and that's right. You know, it might be fairly convincing. <laughs> you know what I can do? I can just say it in my normal voice, but people might fall for it if I just go, and I'm Aaron DeLos. Fuck James right. Franco. <laughs> right. Uh, hashtag oh, fuck man. Franco. That guy. Jesus. Uh, what so Zach Braff, too. What's <laughs> that fucking dude? So, uh, <laughs> be careful, sir. If you're not, if you're not, he's going to bother you about his next Kickstarter movie. Oh, my God. I'm sure there's I would, I would gladly get... I would donate any amount to his Kickstarter if he just fucked off for a while. If, if that's one of the perks? Yeah. <laughs> A five hundred dollar contributor, and I'll and I will fuck off from kickstarting for for a couple of years. I mean, from everywhere. Like he should just fucking go to Tasmania for like a while and just bury himself in a fucking hole. We are on a roll for the people who are like, "Hey, where's the <laughs> podcast as a shield?" Uh, this is Agent Carter. I, I assure you, people. Yeah, this is this is what happened. Uh, before we get going, I want to uh, I want to make a note that. Um, User Red Devils United asked a question. Oh, you, Aaron didn't hey. even know about this. Uh, there's a, there's a. We have another. I was going to announce. Go running Reds. That, that's someone hailing from the, the beautiful city of Manchester, right there. Um, it sounds like it. Yeah. The um, I was gonna I was gonna announce it. Well, I'm, I'm still gonna announce his uh, arrival on the 100th episode. I was gonna do it back when we thought we were gonna do it last weekend, but we're doing it this weekend instead. So, uh, but he has a, he sent in a question for the 100th episode as well, but. Uh, he, That's no, awesome. he just wanted to know, uh, what the story is with the, the opening of this podcast. Um, and Aaron, I don't, I don't think you've heard any of the, the openings or whatever, but just in case people are wondering, um, the music I am playing because this show takes place in 1946, I am putting in, uh, hit songs from the year 1946. That is, uh, the music I am playing before we do these episodes, kind of setting the mood, uh, setting the, the location uh, for the show we were talking about, do you have do you have it dubbed over men talking down to women like as the songs are playing just to get everybody <laughs> else in the mood? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I've, I've uh, I mean, we've had. I think I've put some Sinatra on here and some Perry Como and um, Solid, hey, strong strong choices. Sure, okay. sure. Uh, so yeah, that 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 is why that is why that music is is uh, playing in particular. So uh, we're here. I talk- still think we should record our own uh, theme song. I mean, we should we should probably get one at some point, don't you think? Instead oh, of relying yes, on yes, dude. But I mean, we do it old school, like we hand bone it, like we all hum a different part and then just <laughs> edit it like together, a, and... like a barbershop quartet. I think something. we could do something rad, dude. I'm and we, you. there is a quartet of dudes. We could we could totally do it. 
Uh, Only if we could get the rights to Europe's final countdown, and then we <laughs> then we got something going. Get some kazoos, and we're all set. Oh my god, I am so in. All right, so we're here talking Agent Carter, uh, the miniseries on ABC, and uh, this is the fifth episode of the miniseries that we're going to talk first called The Iron Ceiling. So we're going to hop right in and uh, and discuss this episode. So it begins with, I'm, I'm guessing it's from the perspective of um, of Dottie. I'm guessing it's from the perspective of, of Dottie Underwood, who is the, yeah. the undercover Leviathan Russian agent. Um, now... I have a question for you, sir. I don't know. I don't think they've mentioned it here, but is this the Black Widow program that she's a part of? Is this the program that eventually produces Natasha Romanoff? Yes, sir. Oh, that is excellent. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you could tell, like, it, just the way like the show is choreographed. I mean, you know, it, it it sticks in with the whole Marvel tone, especially for Captain America. Like, you know, the way his he fights, the way the action is depicted, like, you know, throughout his movies. I mean, it's it's so genuine to, to those movies. Like, you know, it ah. Oh. And, it uh, just all ties in so well. Like as soon as you saw that bitch flipping around, it's like, okay, she's you know, she's like Black Widow's grandma or something. Yeah, they uh, so they're showing um, they're showing what it's kind of like in this academy where she is forced to grow up, and thanks to those sweet sweet Disney ownership uh, papers, they're able to show the girls watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which kind of later on is revealed that they they put subliminal messages in the movie, so the girls watch the movies. I always knew Disney the... did that shit. <laughs> I wonder if that's some sort of inside joke. Uh, there's a, and of course they show them like uh, after that they're they're in combat training and then they're also handcuffed to their beds at night to make sure that they don't run away. I'm guessing, which is incredibly cruel. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, back in the present day of 1946, uh, Peggy Carter is uh, is uh, going all imitation game on Demidoff's typewriter, the one that they. Uh, recovered back in i think the third episode time and tide i think is where they got that yes. typewriter and uh yeah she goes all benedict cumberbatch the third and decodes the message uh and uh and i i guess that it uh it's revealing something that that uh howard stark is um providing weapons to leviathan or something at a mm -hmm. somewhere somewhere in russia and basically agent thompson is is uh is given the task of of going there. They think that's where Stark is, uh, so that's where they're going to uh, to take him down. And uh, they are forced to take Peggy with them because she can. Uh, she has enlisted the help of the Howling Commandos, who uh, people would remember very well from the first Captain America film uh, as well. And uh, yeah, there. I I think it's something along the lines of like, oh sure, sure, yeah, go ahead. You can join the team if you can get those guys. And then they go back to talking, and she, she comes back like two minutes later, and she's like, yeah, they're going to be waiting for us at the border, so when are we going? Right. <laughs> um, so they get there. Um, they, uh, they get to this, the military complex. They, they find the, the area where the, the young girls are being trained. Uh, to Im ba Basically, they're being trained as sleeper agents, right? Yeah. Uh, to well, I don't. I don't even know if they're, they're sleeper agents. They're just trained to be like you know, oh, undercover, sure, sure. like yeah, a, yeah. like deep, deep, like American undercover. It's like what was that movie with uh, John Travolta? Oh, um, back in the USSR. Yes. <laughs> the um. Okay, so uh, they they get into God, what happened to him, man. <laughs> Travolta. Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. They um. <laughs> anyway, there's a. They're they're in the classroom, right? When this is where they discover the uh, the uh, subliminal messages and stuff like that, and they hear a child crying, 
And uh, I believe it's Dum Dum Dugan, the guy who goes up and um, and checks on this young girl. By the way, he's awesome in this episode. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit. Um, but he goes up to this this girl who's just crying, and uh, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to comfort her and let her, you know, we're here to help. And you know, you like my hat? It's a, it's like it's a bowler hat, I think. It's like what? Yep. Where did that name come from, Peggy? He's and she smiles at him, and when he turns around, this little girl knifes him in the chest. <laughs> Holy crap. And she takes out some dude. She kills uh she kills one of the commandos, Junior Juniper. Yeah. Kills that dude. I learned he dies in the books though as well. Um so it's okay if they kill that guy off, I suppose. It happened in the Yeah, books. it's it's fine. Uh he's not a he's not a big deal. Um so yeah, they quickly realize that uh, this is a trap and uh, Soviet soldiers are all over the place. Uh there's a huge firefight. Peggy Carter's kicking ass left and right. Agent Thompson completely freezes under the pressure uh, of this firefight. He's just a you know thousand yard stare. He's just looking off into nothingness while this whole battle is going on, and Peggy has to snap him out of it. Um, they uh, while they're in the complex, they come across a couple of prisoners, uh, as, as it were, and uh, one of them. <sighs> God, why can I not? Why can I not remember the names? It's uh, Doctor Ivchenko. Yeah, Ivchenko, and there, there's another guy too that is with him, but I don't, rem- I don't recall his name. He just looks like kind of like Russian Jesus, uh, is what I remembered. <laughs> it's kind of what I referred to him as. He we'll go with Russian Jesus. I, I like that better as a character name. So it's Ivchenko and, and Russian Jesus, and they're with him. Uh, Russian Jesus goes bonkers, right? He snaps um, mm. under under the pressure of this firefight. And he's willing to turn all the Americans in for his life, and uh, Avenchko has to shoot him. Uh, but uh, I would like to say, if it was Russian Jesus, he would have just turned the other cheek. That's right. <laughs> but he, yeah, so he wasn't very Jesus-like in the <laughs> right? end. Right, he was more like the Russian Judas. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right, sir. <laughs> well played. Uh, so Avenchko shoots him. They, uh, she, she gets Thompson to wake the fuck up, and they eventually um, escape. Yeah, he was just uh, barely as well. Um, also, just quivering, just clunge, man. <laughs> oh, back in the uh, back in the United States, by the way, there's a scene where undercover uh, Daddy Underwood, uh, uh, Black Widow agent type person, uh, is is going through Peggy's room and finds a lot of the the Stark stuff, like the pictures of the weapons, um, and. Uh, that's not the only person who is uh, snooping around. There is a scene much earlier where Agent Souza, the guy with the crutch, comes in and the guys kind of rib him because uh, Peggy wants to change in the guy's dressing room. She doesn't want to have to go all the way down to the woman's, um, the woman's restroom that's like several floors down or whatever. And uh, Souza has no idea Peggy's there, so the guys kind of rib him and like, Oh, can you go get this thing from over there? And he does. And Peggy is in a state of undress, which, you know, for 1946 means she's basically in a full fucking evening gown. Yes. Yeah, seriously. For the most part. But it's a state of undress for 1946. She was dressed like she was ready to go like undersea diving, or, like, yeah. you know, deep sea, <laughs> deep sea fucking diving. That's right. But for 1946, she was practically naked. I'm telling uh, you, like if this show would have been on Cinemax, that scene would have played out much differently. And, uh, and Peggy spins around and Susan notices two marks on her shoulder. And when he goes back to his desk and is going through the images they have. You know what they were? They were uh, when Cap blows a load, he blows with such force. <laughs> uh, no, like seriously. Like, right to the just, shoulders. 
Yeah, and what it did, like it, 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 it super bruised her to the point where it just, you know, like it just deadened the muscle so much where she's automatically just got those two spots left over from, from Steve Rogers giving her the the Star Spangled mm. Banners. That was a hundred. That was from a hundred feet away as well. It's the only safe distance. Yeah, Eddie had one happening. eye open. That's right. Uh, in heavy wind. <laughs> And uh, and he was standing behind a wall at the same time. So and left-handed. That's, <laughs> that's the only way that it's not lethal. Uh, so he um, he pulls he pulls out these the uh, the photos of the uh, the the mysterious woman who was uh, at the at the party where all this shit with uh, with Leap Brannis and stuff took place. And he pulls out uh, Peggy Carter's uh, personnel file and learns through the medical report that she has a couple of old like bullet wounds on her shoulder where I mm-hmm. bullets had gone through and that he matches them bullets. up. That's right. <laughs> he matches them up precisely with the image of the, uh, the mysterious woman. And he kind of quickly learns, uh, that, uh, this person could only be agent Peggy Carter. So that was the, uh, the, the cliffhanger for this episode. So what did you think of iron ceiling, sir? I liked it. It was, uh, you know, the, I think the episode beforehand we had mentioned, you know, it was uh, there was kind of a lull, like especially the the, the parts of the Blitzkrieg button and all that, where you know the season, like they had to they'd have a couple of shit episodes before they started, you know, coming at you hard. And the Iron Ceiling, mm-hmm. I mean, they they got to some shit quick. I mean, having the Howling Commandos in there was great. I mean, seeing uh, Neil McDonough's Dum Dum Duggan is always great. I mean, you know, he's you can't help but watch the guy. He, it feels like you're watching, you know. Uh, like something that should be its own show. Hopefully the Howling Commandos are involved uh, later on at some point, you know, with somebody, right. Jesus. Uh, but oh, such a great episode. And, you know, they're building into such a great, you know, way for this uh, miniseries to end or, you know, cliffhanger into a second season. It's just it's mm-hmm. very exciting. This episode was uh, particularly very good. They, um, yeah, the Neil McDonough was awesome in this episode. Like yeah. I could, I could just watch a show about him being Dum Dum Duggan, he, he was he was really Absolutely. good. There's yeah. a there's a scene with him and and Peggy Carter where they're just they're just shooting the shit, and uh, then he talks about how you know he misses uh, he misses Captain America as well. Uh, they, they kind of have like one of those moments or whatever. Um, and yeah, he he was just excellent in this episode. Well, I, I think if they go a second season, I mean, they have to bring back the Hall- the Howling Commandos to be a part of like you know the the first you know Shield run and all that, and then maybe we'll meet like the first Nick Fury. You know what I mean? Or you know, sure, sure. How, however, they they choose to do that, whether it's Sam Jackson's you know senior, junior, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, ways uh, they could take it. Uh, correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I uh, and and obviously the, there's a for me, my, my favorite moment of the whole, uh, the whole episode is, uh, she, she's the one basically kicking all of the ass in this firefight. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and she goes and wakes Thompson the fuck up and she's like, get out of here. Uh, and then just for good measure, she has all of them escape while she mows down the rest of the motherfuckers in that room. Like single handedly, and then she, then as more reinforcement shows up, she runs out like a badass, and then leaps into the back of the truck while dudes are shooting at her, and uh, she's laying there on her back, and uh, Avenchko looks at her or something, and he's like, he's like, wow, that's not too bad for a woman, and she just looks at them, and she's like, I hate all of you, was her line, and then she smiles because I think she knows that he was just busting her balls, right uh, there, but there was actually a lot of that in this episode because it was especially coming from. 
from Dum Dum Duggan. He, it was, he was great. Yeah, he was the one who was constantly making it clear that, like, you have no idea who you're working with here. Like, do you have any idea who this woman is? Right. Like, you're fucking stupid. Her back still smells like apple pie from her Captain America blues load. <laughs> I mean, that, that's Peggy fucking Carter there, people. So one of these videos you're going to upload on to the Cinema Geekly YouTube, <laughs> is one of these going to be like the uh, a fan film that is... Of just Captain America just launching a load on Peggy Carter? Something similar to the... Uh, I couldn't get the rights uh, to any of our really super patriotic songs, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I might have to come up with a different idea. Um, so what score would you give uh, The Iron Ceiling? I give it a uh, four and a half. Yeah, I am. I'm really. I was leaning. Uh, I, I'm giving it a really good four. Uh, I'm leaning. I was leaning four and a half. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was a really good episode. I. I wish there was. I kind of wish there was more Howling Command. I mean, there was actually oh, quite a too. bit. But <laughs> I was kind of. I was. All we can help is. All we can hope for is like you know, like we were saying, either like, uh, another miniseries or a full-on blown season where it's you know the Howling Command was just getting shit done. That I would. I would watch the shit out of that. Ultimately, this was a. Ultimately, this was kind of like a setup for the next episode. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, now we're going to bump into the the uh, the miniseries sixth episode, the sixth part, called "A Sin to Air," and we the first thing we get uh, where it's it's Peggy Carter and uh, uh, and and Jarvis. They they do this thing right where they uh, uh, because they think. Uh, I guess they think like a, a Leviathan operative is is involved in this, um, basically uh, being like a, her in was like with Stark or something. So basically, Peggy and Jarvis have to do this investigation. I think of every woman Howard Stark has slept with in the last six months, yep. which led uh, which led for uh, like a great montage of. All of these women taking it out on Jarvis and constantly <laughs> slapping him in the face. Basically, the bottom line is none of these women like Howard Stark, uh, and he has slept with a lot of people. And, and I, I'm guessing this montage skipped over the vast majority because Peggy Peggy seemed quite amazed at the length of the list. Although I do believe Jarvis said he thought it would have been longer. Right. Like well, was, uh, thought Peggy, it was too like, short. Yeah, but Peggy edited out like all like the uh, famous actresses and all that stuff too, though. <laughs> That's right. So, but I mean, yeah. in order to take the D from Howard Stark, I mean, yeah, it it might be worth a diamond bracelet, you know? Sure. Um, ultimately, they do not discover anything. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, back at the SSR, Agent Souza reveals uh, that Carter appears to be a traitor. Provides the evidence and all of that stuff, and uh, they. Uh, Basically, they have a bunch of agents get together, and they decide they're going to track her down and uh, take her in. Um, eventually, they do find her. Her and Jarvis are at the diner where they normally come together to talk about what their next move is going to be. Uh, Peggy immediately realizes that the place is filled with SSR agents, and it is very strange. And the only thing I, I'm guessing going through her mind at that moment is that, shit, my 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 cover has been blown. Essentially her story has been blown. Right. Uh, she beats the shit out of all of these guys, uh, virtually single handedly. Um, I think Jarvis hit somebody in the head with a, like a vase or something like that. Yeah. But mostly it was as Peggy Carter beating the shit out of everybody. Uh, so during all of this, we learned that Dr. Avenchko is not the nice man that he seemed in the iron ceiling episode. 
there is a uh, sneaky Russians man. That's right. He uh, apparently has some sort of magical ring, Aaron, that he twists around. Uh, I, I guess he. Uh, no, I, I think yeah, he's just you know yeah doing like instead of like you know making us stare at a metronome or something like that, he just twists his ring. That's right, and he uh, he hypnotizes people. Apparently, he's I guess mm-hmm. he's really working for Leviathan. He tries to do it, I think, to. Uh, Chief Dooley. Yeah, to Chief Dooley at first, and then he's interrupted by Souza, right? He, that's when yeah. he comes in with the traitor information. So that plan fails. Uh, but there is some low-level agent. Agent, uh, I think they call him Youch, but his name isn't Youch. It's like uh, they mispronounce it on purpose or something. Yosh. Yosh. Yosh or Yoke. Yoke. Something like that. Um, and... Uh, uh, basically, he hypnotizes them, um, and Agent Yoke or Yosh or whatever can basically he, he tells them that uh, the only people Yoush. who have Yosh, the only people who have access to uh, the Stark weapons is uh, is Agent Dooley. Uh, but he does give him an out. He's like, here here's your best bet for getting out of the building. And uh, basically, Avengeko says, uh, okay, so thanks for your help. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to uh, to leave. I want you to pick up your stuff as if you're leaving for the end of the day. I want you to go to uh, your favorite bar, and I want you to get the the most expensive uh, you know shot of bourbon or whatever you can. And then I want you to walk out in traffic and get hit by a truck uh, to apparently dispose of of any evidence of Avengeko's wrongdoing. And uh, and this poor this poor sap. It's a very jilted ex-lover sort of thing to do is to tell someone to go jump into traffic. Yeah, but to have the guy actually do it. <laughs> yeah, but what the fuck, man? Um, like, that's some shit. You know what I mean? Why not just be like, you'll never remember this, you know? Go home, quit your job, and, you know, become a yak farmer in upstate New York. You know, some shit. Man, that's, that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> I know. What a dick. So uh, so Carter uh, and, uh, and Jarvis, they're thinking about their next move how you know where are they going to go to escape these people and peggy says she has to go back to her apartment and jarvis says you're an idiot that's the first place they're going to look for you at and she says i have to go there and he says what could possibly be of importance there uh and she says that's where steve rogers blood is and my guess is she is concerned that they will get their hands on it and that Mm -hmm. could be bad so she risks life and limb to get back into the building and get the blood, and she does so just in enough time, like a bunch of agents show up, and uh, she's basically hanging outside a window uh, for the most part while the agents are going through. Uh, and some of her friends kind of realize that she's in trouble, uh, and because they are true friends, they they essentially get the SSR off of their back and get them out of the building. Because uh, the waitress is such a good actress. That's right. That's right. Uh, and she tells Haley Atwell that she is also a good actress, <laughs> I think, or something along those lines. <laughs> it seemed like a little weird inside jab thingy. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what that was. So as she's trying to leave the building, she runs into Dottie Underwood, who tries to play uh, dumb at first. Uh, but no longer as, as uh, she is knocked out completely. Peggy is knocked out completely by Dottie. Um, yeah, she kisses her. Yes, that's right. Lays a sweet one right on her. She's got some sort of poison ivy. If only Peggy Carter had rubber lips on. Right. Uh, she could have been immune to her charms, but it was not to Lip be. Guard. She had, she, more people should pay attention to Chris O'Donnell, apparently. <laughs> that's right. More people need to watch that Batman, uh, that Batman and Robin. Batman for, yeah, for goddamn right, Derek. 
Or was that Batman Forever? I don't remember. It was Batman and Robin, I think. Yeah, Batman uh, and Robin. Well, the Batman last... Forever was uh, the Joker. and uh, Or not the Joker, fucking uh, Riddler, Riddler and Two-Face, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. the uh, But she realizes, obviously, that uh, that Dottie is a Leviathan operative. Uh, un- and, in fact, she is about to kill Carter when Thompson and Sousa come back. And uh, she has to feign ignorance about the whole situation. And uh, Peggy is arrested. And the last thing we see is Peggy's cuffed to a table with Agent Souza on the other side. And he said, and uh, I think it's Tompkins or Tompkins or whatever says, uh, uh, Thompson says, don't go easy on her just because she's a girl or something like that. Which I, yeah, can't, be- which I can't believe he said after witnessing all the shit he witnessed with her in Russia. But whatever. Well, even that, I mean, you know, it, they took it easy on her because she was a girl in all those, all those scenarios. Like, you know, why not this one too? Why not torture? Sure. Uh, okay, man. So thoughts on this particular episode? Stronger than the last one. Uh, and the last one was great. It, this one was uh, – they really – it felt like a – more like a spy show than what the show has uh, to this point. You know what I mean? Just with all like the intrigue and like the, the double secret, double crosses going on and it, it was great. That, that's all I could fucking say about it. It was fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. There's a the thing I like the most about this was I, I can't wait to see Peggy and like in uh, and Daddy fucking just just throw down though like oh oh absolutely that's gonna be awesome yeah the uh, the the thing I dug the most was the uh, the role reversal in the fight scene at the diner because the, the oh when Jarvis was hiding and she was beating the fuck out of everybody yes the one thing that it rem- <laughs> the one thing that it actually kind of reminded me of is there is an old episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where. Uh, Q basically forces them to play out uh, Robin Hood, uh, essentially. Like he transports them to some magical, made-up Robin Hood world. Was where, Picard Robin Hood? Yeah, that's right. Picard was uh, uh, <laughs> was Robin Hood, and Data was uh, Friar Tuck and shit oh, like that. Oh, damn it. Now I got to jump on Netflix. And Worf busts the shit out of a ukulele and protests that he is not a merry man. It was awesome. Uh, but there is a scene, right, where everybody is... You've got to do, like, the the rapier scene, right, with everybody's sword fighting and shit. Right. And you've got uh, Marina Sirtis, who plays Troy, and Gates McFadden, who played uh, uh, Dr. Crusher, and their roles as women were to hit people over the head with flower pots and shit while mm-hmm. the men were fighting with swords. And the funny joke about all of that was... Uh, that both of the women were actually classically trained fencers. Like, the, they had to show the other people how to fight with swords, and they actually knew how to fight with swords, but they had to hit people in the head with flower pots because women in the in the 90s or whatever was not, like, a thing for women to kick a lot of ass back then. So, uh, and that's that's the first thing that came to mind here because that's what Jarvis did. Like, he hit around corners, and he hit a dude with, like, a flower vase or something while Peggy was disarming dudes left and right and kicking the shit out of them. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, that... That was great, and the way they've portrayed her this whole series is is uh, is fantastic. Uh, yeah, you're totally you hit the nail on the head. This felt like way more like a, a spy type episode than uh, what we've gotten so far. And that's not to say what we've gotten so far has been bad by no, any yeah, stretch. Not at all. But, but the, it's, it's like it's it's really hitting its stride now. It's really starting to build up. I mean, obviously, we're getting close to the end. Um, I, I feel like it's built up a lot faster than Agents of Shield, even though you know there's only two episodes left. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's been a really. It's been well, a, at least the first season of Agents of Shield. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. This. Uh, 
this is really built up really well. Like I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. And obviously, uh, with only a couple of episodes remaining, uh, it's, it's curious to see how it's all going to wrap up. Right. Um, and then we have to figure out what we're going to do after this Peggy Carter thing is over. Cause we've still got a, a bit of a small break until agents of shield returns, I believe. Um, but I also just a shield back. Gosh, I don't remember. I think they, um, I don't think it's until March sometime in March. Oh, balls. Um, but that's oh, a house of cards. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, I mean, you know, we're going to end up with uh, we're going to end up with uh, Daredevil to talk about. Obviously, that's going in April. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's coming right around the bend. Um, and probably whenever we find the time, I think you and I would like to sit down and maybe go through and talk about the uh, the the MCU movies that have been presented to this point and kind of like reexamine them because we're getting the. We're, we're we're now only a few months away from Age of Ultron, so oh god, that's right, mm-hmm. sir, and uh, and Ant Man after that as well. So yeah, there's a to maybe go back and reexamine those movies from the beginning and stuff. That that will be uh, that will be fun. Maybe we can dig up some like fun facts about them and stuff. I just wish I, I could go back and tell me as a young man, just you know, <laughs> get get <laughs> just, ready. Just wait, yeah, just wait till you're a grown ass adult. <laughs> yeah, like it, it does. It does seem ridiculous. I've heard a lot of people say it a, a bunch that it's, you know, never in a million years did they think this character or this group or, you know, that these people would get TV shows or movies, right? Or you know, I mean, can Ryan you Reynolds tweeted out a picture of the Deadpool mask, like from because production started. Right, today, right. I and, saw oh that. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Like, fuck. Can you believe just what we're talking about and what's going on? It's just so amazing. Uh, I, I mean, just like. If you go back to like when, uh, like when Iron Man, the first Iron, even just when the first Iron Man movie came out, yeah, I was one of the assholes at the midnight shows. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, right? Ugh. Yeah, but what would the look on your face had been if somebody had gone up to you and be like, you know, what, in a couple of years they're going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> no way. You would have been like, you're a fucking idiot, dude. It, it was yeah. enough at the, at the end of Iron Man when you know Nick Fury, you know, talks to him about the Avengers Initiative. I shit, like I, I about had a fucking stroke. Me and you know. Like the handful of the people that were in there were just losing our balls, man. It was amazing. And just like, but you never believed it's like, there's no fucking way. Okay. It's a, it's a fun tease, but there's no way it's going to happen. And then just piece by piece, it just kept coming. And now it's just like, you know, there would be fucking riots if Marvel Studios shut down tomorrow. You know what I mean? I mean, and because it's, the, it's just such a part of the lexicon now, it's such a part of our culture. It's just, oh, right. it's such an amazing time for, you know, for us. It's our people's time, you know, God yeah. damn it. I mean, and just, you know, just because of the popularity of the first two phases of Marvel, I mean, you know, now the Inhumans are getting a show or yeah, a movie. And look at DC. Like, they have, in my opinion, you know, the best TV shows right now. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, just like looking at all the people that are getting, like, Aquaman's getting a movie. Like, <laughs> holy crap. Are you fucking me? Suicide Squad, man? Yeah. Oh. Suicide Squad's getting a movie. It's uh, yeah. But it's, it's fantastic. Like, I, I really hope they go. They could go for the next sixty-five years, and I'd you know just run it like Doctor Who, man. Just keep it fresh. Sure, yeah. I mean, as long as they tell the stories well, yeah. It's, you know, I don't, I don't see a problem. Uh, okay, man. So, uh, score for a sin to air. Four and a half. Another really solid episode. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Another four and a half for me. Well, I didn't give the other one a four and a half. Uh, a four and a half for me as well. Another four and a half to complement your previous four and a half. All right. 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode. Uh, hopefully we will get that episode of the podcast out a little sooner than we got this one out. We will do our damnedest. I'm sure we will, we will try, but there's, there's so much stuff on our plate at the moment. We're going to try really hard. Uh, if, if all else fails, we might come back in a couple of weeks and just cover the last two episodes. Uh, it will, it will all depend on our schedule because we got so much stuff going on with, and we've got the hundredth episode of the regular podcast coming up. Um, and I, and I, th- just in the last week, we started two brand new podcast series on top of all the other shit we've got going on. So keep checking the YouTube the next few days, folks. There's uh, going to be some interesting stuff coming and more stuff to come. Right. <laughs> all right. So for Aaron DeLosa, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back maybe next week, hopefully with, uh, agent Carter, the seventh episode of the mini series called snafu. Oh, I thought it was snatch. Until 1953.